0: Dr. Malachi Z. York have devoted his visit to this planet to the resurrection of the mentally dead, which he affectionately referred to it as mommy. Never did he know that the evil one had done such a great job with these people, both mentally and physically, as to have them hate self and kind. His greatest dilemma and hindrance has been the black devil, born amongst you and by you, married to you, socializing with you, praying in the same sacred houses of worship as you. But secretly, they have a spiritual pact with the devil, which makes it near impossible for them to total surrender to Nawapu. But for the few chosen from the many calls, he steps to find those beings that wish to become one with the Supreme in all. So he, the Supreme Grand Harifax, Amun Nebi Re al as known throughout the mystical schools the incarnation of Tahuti, Thoth, student of the great tomb known as Atun Re, the first point of resurrection from ignorance, to the right knowledge, the right wisdom, and the right understanding. Dr. Malachi New York has blended in with each of the religions most interesting to his people. He has lived as one of them, practiced as one of them in order to reveal the misconceptions of these doctrines that have plagued and diseased the minds of his people. Among the Arabs of Al-Islam in the degree of Muhammadism, he was known as Asyed Isa Al-Hadi Al-Maqti, or simply Imam Isa. Being fluent in the many dialects as well as the classical Arabic language, he translated word for word without biasness in favor of the Islamic religion, the Quran, from Seretic Arabic into English. He sat beneath the great Shahuf as a student, one of which was Mahmud Muhammad Mahmud and the great master Karama Shah al-Hussan of the Kalawatiya order of Sufis out of Sudan as a Mahdiya or Ansar. As a Moorish American, under Noble Jew Ali as M. York L., he republished and revised the Holy Quran, Circle 7. Their connection with the NOI, Nation of Islam, known as the Black Muslims, encouraged him to do an in-depth study of the teachings of Master W.D. Fard, a law in person, to his final messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He released several books explaining in depth their doctrine, which led him to another ex-member of the Nation of Islam called Clarence 13X, a self-styled Allah who founded the 5% Nation of Gods and Goddesses. Dr. York collected data and published the problem book. Their interpretation of the English class lessons of the nation of Islam. Amongst the Hebrew Israelites, while in the degree of Mosesism, he was known as Raboni Yashua Bar El Hadi. As a Hebrew, he was bar mitzvahed by the great Rabbi Matthews of Harlem. Through the school of Judaism, he translated the Torah and the Psalms from the ancient Hebrew into English. Amongst the Christians, in the degree of Christism, He was known as Reverend Malachi D. York, or Dr. York, pastor and founder of the Egyptian Church of Christ through the school of Christism. He translated and explained the book of Revelation from Galilean Arabic and the ancient Greek. In this day and time, he received the new holy tablet, our own scripture that each day, as scientists, astronomers, and the like, uncover new evidence confirming that it was indeed divinely inspired and is not merely a book, but a revelation, a holy scripture with prophecies of the future, which are manifesting daily. Also, he translated the book of the coming forth by day, called the Egyptian Book of the Dead, from hieroglyphics, as Aminubitu Akhata. He also released a series of books called Behind the Nine Balls and Bible interpretations and explanations. He felt it was his duty as the true reformer and savior to his people to make that which is unclear, clear. He have also revealed the doctrine of those called the Hebrew Israelites and the like with a series of books called 360 Questions to Ask and three volumes of over 1,000 pages, each entitled The Degree of Moses," The Degree of Christism, and Degree of Mohammedism, covering any question that anyone could have pertaining to any of the three monotheistic religions. He has also traveled the rough and rugged path of Freemasonry and have arrived at the Imperial Grand Potentate internationally of the ancient Arabic and Oriental Order, nobles of the mystic shrine, New Mecca Temple number 11 and IGP of AEO and NMS al Temple, Northern and Southern Jurisdiction, the Worshipful Master of Nuwapian Grand Lodge, AF and AM, also Deputy Grand Master Pride of Georgia Grand Lodge, AF and AM, 33rd Scottish Rite Freemason of Amos Grand Lodge of Macon, Georgia. He enters the Order of the Acacia. Under the most worshipful master, the illustrious Charles Tinsley, 33rd degree, at King Solomon's Lodge, number four of Brooklyn, New York, the Grand Enoch Lodge in Brooklyn, New York, on Putnam and nostrum Avenue. Prince Hall affiliated, and of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite Freemasonry, A.F. and A.M. jurisdiction of Georgia, called Zerubbabel, Grand Chapter, Royal Arch Mason, United States and Canada. His travels took him throughout the world from sitting with the mystics and the monks under the Tibetan master, Lama Mut Kukuma of China, to the Grand Lodge in Cairo, Egypt, Northeast Africa, to being a member of the Rosicrucian Order since 1974, as well as Astara Mystic Order since 1975 AD, for more than 25 years. As the Supreme Grand Hierophant of the Ancient Egyptian Order, AEO, Mir Number Nine, his family has been Freemasons for generations in Virginia's then Shriners Temple Number 122, Newport News, Virginia. And daughters of Isis, then Court Number 98, Prince Hall affiliated. He stepped on to the White Lodge Freemasonry from the Black Egyptian Mystery as Tahuti, thought called Hermes, thrice times great, the possessor of the Master's Key, keeper of the secret word, to become a Haru Horus, a companion of the Great Hierophant. I am Hotep, the scribe of the secret doctrine conferrer of the 720 degrees in the secret number nine and the guardian of the ninth gate, raising from the ninth chamber the secret, which will give you the power to rely on yourselves. He was there, which is here, when the word, let there be light, was uttered. He has stood the test of time. He has been questioned by scholars and historians of all religions and denominations, Dr. Malachi New York is capable of answering the unanswered and solving the problems of the world. Yet, his personal interest is in each and every one of you. He says, I am not a holy man or a preacher. I am a master teacher. He have resurrected in the West the ancient fraternity, A.E.O., with healing in his wings, the spiritual order of our ancestors, the Egyptians, and your true bloodline under the reincarnation of Natir Amanubidal Akata, your Aferti, Pharaoh, for this day and time, Atum He have experienced all the religions and sacred orders and now bring you the ancient Egyptian order, AEO, the true order of the Egyptians, that which gave birth to all others. And in this day and time has become the fastest growing movement for world peace of the new millennium. You have found your way to that which you have sought all your life. And now I introduce to you the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi York.
1: Are we not the bearers of witness? That nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that he is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universe. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the guide. And on the Mujahidah, the reformer. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum, alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh
0: The Man of the Hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Also, the problem I didn't understand was he didn't come
2: to the physical plane. The closer he comes to the physical plane, it says the more evil he generates. What does that mean in relation to the time we're in now? I was speaking last night and I explained to them the devil had total control. It's a frightening situation. He had the world under control, Presley. It's not about thinking himself being here. He's taking leave. He's out of reach. He has to be baited again and brought back. You cannot totally eliminate him, ever. You follow that? Only Allah can do that. We can. we can. We can bind him like Solomon did and like Allah did through Job. But he is now out of reach because we here have given him the glory. You have given Satan his glory by worshiping his image, his likeness, and everything. You, do. you want to look like white people, you want to act like them, you've given him his glory, and he's in power. The master himself, as they call him, of Zazim, the wicked devil, cursed him, has no need to reside here. He's gone because you're doing a good enough job. The only way to get him is, if you all would read Job chapter 1, you'll see how we have got to get the devil. Let's go on and see. Do you have the time to hear it? Yeah. There was a man in the land of Ur whose name was Job. You're going to watch a plot. A plan by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because during the period of Job, the devil was rampant in the earth the way he is today. And this is why the Almighty set up the plot of Job. Nobody on this plane knows who wrote the book of Job. None of your scholars have been able to find out who wrote the book of Job. Alright? Now, we call him Ayub in Arabic. But so let me read on. This Job person and his story was a whole plot to trap the devil. And let me show you how. Allah did it. There was a man in the land of Ul whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared the Almighty and eschewed the devil. You understand about the man's nature now? Man Job was a righteous man and he feared the creator of the heavens and earth and the devil couldn't touch him. It the devil wouldn't touch, couldn't get him. Okay? That's cured the devil. That's what it means. He the devil. Number two. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. You see the perfect number seven? His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke and ox and 500 sheep and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all men in the east. You see what they're saying about him? He was wealthy, he was a happy father, and he was a righteous man who feared the Almighty, and the devil could not get next to him. This is a base the devil being set, you understand? How many people in that room can claim that prosperity? Total comfort and convenience, your family, helping, your kids are there, you have all the work you need, and you fear the almighty worshiping him day and night. And the devil never tempts you, can't get to you, you see? Number four, and his son went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with their festivities, and it was so. When the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered a birth offering according to the number of their all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed the Almighty in their hearts. Thus did Job continue. Not only did he see what he was delighted and pray for himself, but according to Jewish Judaic tradition, a sacrifice against sin, he made sure that in case anybody in his house did wrong, he was up every day to worship the Lord and to sacrifice for his children. To keep that house pure, unadulterated, in any way. You understand? Let's go on. Now there was a day, and here's a plot being set. Now there was a day when the Son of the Creator, meaning the angel, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also amongst them. Notice he only came amongst them this time. He's not testifying nothing or proclaiming nothing. Now, how do you know these sons of God are angels? Because Lucifer was an angel before he saw from grace, right? So he was of them comfortably as an angel when he was called before the throne of the most high. Keep up with the clock now. Number seven is the most important number. And the Lord said unto Satan, When comest thou? Where did you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. The devil was busting about what he was doing in the world. He told the Almighty, I just came from walking to and fro in the earth and up and down doing my thing. He said, That's the devil that word, talking about what he's doing. Now what does the Almighty say? And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant, Job, see how he's setting for the plot? You don't catch the plot yet, but what? The devil just told the Almighty, Heavenly Father, that he was walking up down the earth doing his devilment, and the Almighty pointed his finger at a righteous man and said, go get him. <laughs> have thou considered my servant, Job? That is how he sets the plot. That there is none like him in the earth. So what did he tell the devil? All the other people you have are not worth Job. You want him, because he's righteous. That's who you really want. These other people, they're just go popping and hanging out in the streets. You don't need them. They don't count. You already got them worshiping you. You need those people in that tabernacle over there. That's the ones you want to tempt. But get those people to the They'll follow you. They worship you. They believe in you. This is what the Lord is telling them. That there is none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man. One that fears God and is pure. <laughs> you, you see it again? He repeated it again. The guy, there's the guy that you are but, you, but he obscures you. He avoids you. You can't get him. Watch it after to the nine. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Paul fear God for naught? Doesn't he have a reason why he fears you? Because the devil tends to believe that everything is done through bargain and exchange. That's how he works, through bargain and exchange. That's, and this is what people do to each other. They don't want to do nothing for you for nothing. That's why I said y'all got to live more by and by giving, stop living by taking. Everybody does something. The best thing you says, someone helps you. There must be a reason why he's doing this. He you know, wouldn't be helping me for nothing. Ain't that how people think? That's the devil's thinking. The devil turned to the Almighty and said, in number nine, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does so fear God for naught? Doesn't he have a reason why he fears you, God? Ten, has not thou me? and hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he has on every side. Then he got a covenant, something protecting him. Isn't he in your shield? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand. That means you made him very rich, because he worked for it. He didn't just come by it. Yeah, worked by the sweat of your brow. He works for it with his hand. And his substance is increased in the land. Because he went out of work, the substance is increased. He has a lot. You protect him. That's why he says you. You gave him a lot of wealth. You made him just comfortable. You gave him all the things he had. But watch. 11. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. Now the devil is baited. He just bit the hook because he put the Almighty to question. You see? (laughs) The Almighty put forth a perfect man to take the devil's attention off the rest of the world. You understand that? And now the devil just bit the hook. He says, if you take away your guidance, he'll turn against you. Ain't that the question? Turn that up again? As long as the light shines on you, the Quran says, you walk in it. As long as it gets dark, you got your fingers in your hair out of fear. And you turn away from Allah. Put your, you put your trust in other things. As long as things look good, I mean, you're smiling. As long as things don't go your way, you curse the heavens, you damn God, and turn your way. When people are in hospital beds, they become the most religious people in the world. Oh, God, just get me well. I'll be righteous. I'll do this. I'll do that. as so they're on their two feet and standing again, they forget all the promises, all the covenant. When their baby is ill and they stand over that baby crying and caressing, Oh, God, please make my baby healthy again. I promise I'll do good. I'll do righteous. And when the baby's well again, they're slapping the baby side, the head and forgot all about the covenant. So the devil has just the bait. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he have. See that? The devil said, take away all the stuff he got. Not him. Take it all away from him. And what'll happen? And he will curse thee to thy face. Now that's the bait. The devil just bit the hook. And twelve, the Lord said, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in your power. <laughs> you see that? Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. See that? Now the Lord got the devil's full attention on one righteous man and give the world a chance to evolve into righteousness again. The importance of Job. Everybody always asks, what is the story and the importance of Job. Remember this question? Well, here's the answer. Job's story was a base that trap the devil the way Solomon trapped him with his seal. Now, does the devil get trapped? Yes or no? Is the question. Don't get too happy. We go on. So Satan, are what this. So Satan went forth From the presence of the Lord. He left the heavens and came back earth again. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were ploughing and the asses feeding. Beside them, and the Sadians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they are slain by servants with the edge of a sword, and only I escaped to tell <laughs> thee. Who is this talking? This is the devil talking. <laughs> he caught Job and said, "Job," because the Most High Almighty gave him power to touch Job's stuff. Right? Then Job, uh, the seven, I know who they are, came down and killed the seven and took your block. And I escaped to let you know about it. He stopped to look at Job's face to see if Job would curse for Almighty like you would do when you get mad. Did he? Let's see what happened. <laughs> I said alone escaped to tell you while he was yet speaking there came another and said the fire of God is stolen from heaven now he's going to blame it on God <laughs> and I burnt up the sheep and thy servants and consumed them and I only am escaped alone to tell thee the devil has come again another devil right in front of him one of his helpers to say now God did it the two reasons have changed first of all You see what's happening right here? Let's go again. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of a sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. (laughs) You see what happened The devils are coming from all sides trying to shake Job. Again, 19, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. See how think up. <laughs> then Job arose. Now the devil's happy. He's waiting to see a response to see what Job is going to do here. Then Job arose and went, took, me took, went, his mantle. He put his robe on and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Paul went and made guzzle <laughs> you see? and went and made Barakah to Allah So on his face that he prayed, the devil now is totally baffled because Job did not respond the way he was supposed to, the way you would have. you would have ran to see about the flock and ran to check on your kids and ran in every different direction, yelling and screaming, oh God, what happened, what not doing, weeping and wailing, lamenting, and moaning and complaining. But did Job do that? No, because Job, like the the beginning of the chapter, said was what? A perfect man. He was set there to set a trap for the devil. Let's go on and see what happens. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return to them. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Nor did he accuse God it. Now watch, the next chapter begins, too. Again, again now, the devil just got hooked. Oh, you see that, right? Now here's what happens the next time. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, sons of God, go who who are you, y'all? And now see what happened. And things came amongst them to what? Presenting himself before the Lord. He didn't do that the last time, you know. He was amongst them before. This time he came for presenting himself, came for with a proclamation of something he wanted to say or do. You see that? And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan so answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, and upright, skilled the devil, fear God. And still, he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest, you see that? Me against him, to destroy him without cause. See where he told him? He told the devil right on the spot. He said, still held on to his faith, even though you used me to try to destroy him. This is And Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man had, will he give for his life. But now he wants to go further because he thought when he took Job's things, it didn't affect Job. Now the devil wants the so right to touch Job physically. That the only thing man has worth anything is his own life. Let me have let me tempt that. Put forth thine hand now, and touch his bones and his flesh. And he, I'm sorry, Satan says, and he shall curse thee to thy face. Now that the devil failed in, t- in affecting Job by removing all his worldly things, now he's saying, Affect Job physically, and I bet you he'll curse him. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore furrows from the sole of his foot unto his crown, to his head. Now, this chapter will go on, but I want you all to read it. The first chapter is a duplicate of the second chapter. And I want you to see that Job had, by way of the most high, In fact, it says in 3.23, Why is life given unto man, whose way is his, and whom God has hedged in? To find that it was a woman, the wife of Job, that let the devil back in. She'll tell him. I'm not talking about women because the woman could have been a man. She'll tell Job to turn away from God, curse him, and get all your things, your belongings back. At the end of it. Now, what are we talking about? We we're talking about this day and time. And the messages of Jesus, the Messiah to the world, the day and time you're in, how powerful the devil is and what he's doing. Well, the devil has shocked the world by a grip right now. Christians can't do nothing about it because they worship him. They call him Zeus. He just added Jesus. That was not the Messiah's name. You ask a Christian, what was the name of Jesus? They'll say Jesus. And then they'll say that Jesus means the Savior. Right? Therefore, that's not a name, that's a title. If may say Christ. You say Christ Christos, or Messiah, or Messiah, means the Anointed. That is also a title, not a name. Emmanuel, meaning God with us, they say, which really means the strength of the Most High in faith. That is also a title. They don't even know his name. Yet he says, our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. They don't even know the name of the very man that they claim to worship because they refuse to read the book of Moses which is what Jesus told them to do in St. John when he said the law came from Moses, but grace and truth came from him. I did not come to change, but to fulfill, he said, the law of Moses. Not one jot, nor one pistol, one letter yet, or one dot will fall from this scripture until the kingdom of heaven comes. All these things he told them that they maliciously and willfully become antichrist. Turn against what Jesus taught, as I said earlier, for what Paul taught, who hated Jesus, and wrote most of the books in what they call the New Testament. The so only book in this Bible of what you call the New Testament that is attributed to Jesus, as i said many times, is the book of Revelation. Every other one is a letter, or so a gospel according to the person whose name is there. And most of them never even understood what Jesus was teaching because he said, there are many things I have to say unto you. However, you can't bear them yet. She told them they were not ready. But these people have gone on and made a religion around an incomplete doctrine and called themselves Christians and refused to read the Torah that Jesus read from, that Moses read from, so they will know what his name is. I'm using Jesus because I want you to ask them what is his real name. And what? They don't know. they not say his name is Jesus. Because the Bible said him, and call him Jesus. Well, when a person gets enrolled in the police department, his name, his name may be Bill. But when he comes to your door, you say, the police are here. You don't say Bill is here. Because when he got enrolled in the police department, he became known as a policeman. When Jesus got anointed, he became known as the Messiah. When he set out to save the world, he became known as Jesus. What was his name? They don't know. And it's in the book. What Christ really crucified that I'm putting out. Three volumes. So you go around and ask them. What was his name? Ask them, what is their religion? They'll say Christianity. There's no such religion as Christianity. Because Jesus didn't speak Latin. He didn't speak Greek. He wouldn't even understand the word Christos. Jesus was the Messiah. You read it right in St. John chapter 1 verse 41. You say you believe in that book, it says right in there. When Simon, Andrew, first Simon and first his brother, they say we have found the Messiah who's being interpreted to Christ. St. John chapter 1, verse 41. He was the Messiah. So of anything, if anything that should be called himself, must be him, the Messiahs, not Christians. But Jesus says in Matthew 24, many shall come in my name and say they are Christians. And a says, I'm singling out a particular church, which is Pentecostal. And my question is in regards to the followers of the Pentecostal faith, mm-hmm. where and how did the originate uh, it? and uh, do they do they actually experience what they consider the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes, they do. And Pentecost, the word Pentecost means five. If a Jewish, you need to look up at any Jewish site in you'll see Pentecost. And you'll see that it pertains to the day of, of Pentecost. Something has something to do with Jews, nothing to do with these churches today. They're in, in a world of media. However, not only do you receive the Holy Ghost in the church of Pentecost, you can receive the Holy Ghost in the Yoruba temple in Nigeria. You can receive the Holy Ghost... In a, a temple a, a voodoo temple in Haiti understand what that yeah. you can receive the Holy Ghost right here you can be possessed at any time, but the Holy Ghost mentioned in St John chapter one as li- lighting down on jesus was to arrive was supposed to be with him forever you understand what that yeah. which means that you won't jump up and start bouncing around in falling on the ground and spitting and then when the, when the sermon's over, go in your car and drive in. <laughs> if the Holy Ghost hits you and it, it hits you in a way where it knocks you down on the floor and you put your arms up and start you doing all this here. As long as that Holy Ghost is there, you're gonna do that. Which means you'll end up in a hospital for the The they are going to jump and hit you and then walk out of your body. That's not what Jesus said. That's what the Bible teaches That's what preachers are teaching. Singing, singing preachers who want to sit around a church with tambourines and sing and draw a because they're bored to death. Most mm-hmm. Christian churches are more of family reunions and chicken parties than they are of truth. Preachers are supposed to be teachers speaking in tongues it says in the Bible that you'll be speaking in tongues and interpretation. Translation. You don't translate unless it's from one language to the next. So if someone is laying on the floor, going, and if nobody can translate what he's saying, he ain't speaking in no tongues. He's speaking. If it's not one of the known languages of the world or of heaven, now if you want to know what languages of heaven, read your Bible. Paul, who they follow, who was a self name, apostle, said when he was struck down in the road that Jesus spoke to him and called him Saul. And spoke to him in the Hebrew tongue. And said Saul, it says it in there, in the Hebrew tongue. So the language he speaks in heaven is Hebrew. And when the angel Gabriel came to Rasulullah Muhammad, he spoke to him and said, which is Arabic. And Arabic and Hebrew is really the same language, So the languages from heaven is Arabic and Hebrew. So if you're going to be speaking in tongues when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll be speaking in Arabic or Hebrew. You won't be going, and some rib-eating preacher is going to pretend he can interpret what you're saying. You're not going to be knocked on the floor and foaming and jumping around acting like some type of animal. That's not in here. That's not in here. Now, tell me one place in there where Jesus' disciples around him jumped up and fell on the ground. And if Jesus was the Holy Ghost, when they walked up and that man kissed them in the garden, he should have fell on the ground. Oh, because <laughs> he would have been filled with the Holy Ghost, and so he would have put his arms around the Holy Ghost, who would have been pacified Jesus because they say he was the Holy Ghost. These are not Christian. These he? are club. pretend <laughs> <laughs> People come because our people have to be in groups because we're tribal. We don't feel, you can't even go shopping alone. You know. When a woman goes shopping, what what's she say? I'm going to call Gladys. for Y'all are going to spend my money. You and Gladys. <laughs> you can't go by, go by yourself. How many times do you go to a movie by yourself? Some people don't go to a movie by themselves. I got a spot for I can't go to a movie. a movie by myself. Right? You got to spend a lot on television. You can dinner. You never sit in the kitchen with nothing. You're, to live the You've got, you, you're just a tribal person who can't take it away from you. And because the truth wasn't with you, you fabricated synthetic truth. Call it the old witnesses, Pentecostals, and a white man knew you needed it, but he just catered it, itched it all in and took your money. He knows what you mean. He knows what you what He studied it. Mm-hmm. Now that the truth has come, he's a So he said, now you have to turn the world on us and call us and crazy and all that, and you was in church, you know what you said? You sung a song. How many of y'all were Christians? Don't be afraid now, because you know all the wrong in At one time, even if you followed the the Muhammad, before that, sir, you was in the church sitting up there popping the tambourines with Don't be showing up there now. We know, we know each other now. We get, we're full, we get the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus will send to us. We know who we are, correct? All right. How many of y'all remember this song? Give me that old time religion. You do? Yeah. Let me hear y'all sing it. Now y'all really want to sing it. <laughs>
3: Let,
2: Let me hear what it says. Don't be ashamed. Come on. You know, Give that. me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's,
4: it's good enough
2: for me. All right. If it was good enough for us, that's right, and good enough for my father, and good enough. Then it's good enough for me. It was good enough for Abraham, it was good enough for Moses, and it's good enough for me. What is the role of the angel of death? The angel of death, who is referred to as Israel in the scripture, was the angel assigned to shape the flesh of Adam in the garden and put him in the garden. Thus, he was also the angel that had to sent to collect the souls of men on judgment day. Now, many people who say they die and reach the other side say they, they meet a being there who has light, who has his hand stretched forth trying to tell them to come to the other side, and most of them turn around and come back here rather than going on. That being that they meet when you leave this plane, the being that meets you on the next plane is the angel of death. He's not ugly and gross and frightening, he's an angel of light who comes to meet you, to take you from this state, Nessus, into the state of Malakut, into the angelic state or the next realm, to prepare you for your own judging. So he does that with
3: everyone?
2: Every being that has a soul, because there are races of people on earth who have no soul, merely a spirit. When they die, they are in the plane. The plane in what they call extra plasma, or vapor, they become ghosts or whatever you want to call it. They intimidate people. What's the difference between the spirit and the soul? Good question. In the original language we have the word Ruh. Ruh r- means wind and that is soul. It has an effect on object. Wind moves objects. You follow? Mm-hmm. Whereas must or nephesh in Hebrew, nefesh in Arabic, means spirit. Now, the spirit is the light from the heaven. It is the skin. The soul is the emotional body and it's the light from the earth, which you call hala or your aura. You follow that? Every living thing, including rocks, have a spirit. Everything that lives has a spirit. But everything that has emotional changes has a soul. Now there are also those who assimilate emotional changes and they practice it daily in the form of cinema called movies. This is why back in the ancient days when they think about the stages and Shakespeare's stages, all that drama did not come out of Africa, it didn't come out of India, it didn't come out of the outer world, it came out of Europe. These playwrights in emulating life and emulating emotion which may sound like it's not important, but has developed into movies today of people emulating emotions. You follow? The reason why there's no real good black actors on a scale of white actors is because black people are not good liars. To be a good actor, you have to be a good liar. You follow? Yes. And when you watch the average black actor, you know you watch Sidney Poitier, and you say he's a good actor. But you really can see through it; you see it as an act. You can watch certain white movies, and they convince you to the point where you can become emotionally about it. You can almost cry. Well, they are acting like they have emotions. So no white people have. They have forfeited their souls. Now, this does not include people all the way down to certain Italians, Jews. Certainly, these people are the black seeds. They better remember it, though. They don't want to admit that they're black. They are mixed in. They are the part of the lost tribe, some of them. Not all of them, some of them. And you don't know who they are, and I'm not going to sit out and pick them out. So they'll let us know when they're ready to come home who they are. Who was this avatar by the name of Sri Sai Baba? I think that's what his name was. There's several Sai Baba. There's Shirdi Sai Baba, and there's such a Sai Baba. Shirdi Sai Baba was a Muslim and a master in India who was trying to bring them away from the Hindi faith. He said he would incarnate again, and another man who calls himself such a Sai Baba professes to be that incarnation. But we have proof that he's not, because a he tells them that the man that was before him, Sharti Sai Baba, was indeed a Muslim who lived in a mosque, correct? And as a Muslim, you know way in the world could you comply with the Hindu faith. Not with its thousands of gods and idols and statues, there's no compromising for that. Any master of the spiritual world knows the invalidity of any statue or anything. Even man, in a physical sense, is almost not important, let alone a statue. So such as Sai Baba is a self-proclaimed avatar where Shanti Sai Baba was a real Ila is what the real world of it is. Okay? The man that you see in India walking around in an orange beer that's not nobody but a an impersonator. And if you read enough history, you'll find there's about 50 of them in India saying the same thing. Saying that they produce Vabhuti, as they call it, and saying that they materialize things There's whole lots of them there, and that's because the people of the Hindu faith belong to the religion of Satan. They have power to do things. Don't underestimate the power of Satan. Don't think every time somebody levitates or makes something materialize, you got to be righteous, because that's not true. Satan himself was an angel of self-grace. How is the difference between an extra-celestial being and a celestial being? An extraterrestrial being means a being who has come into this atmosphere and he's extra. He's not one calculated in the book of life according to the earth's sphere called Nasut. If he comes out of Malachut into Nasut, he is an extra being in this terrestrial environment. You understand? Well, I remember reading that... um an avatar, um an an avatar can come in, in avatars come succession. Like right. one spirit incarnates into a person who then incarnates into another person. Correct. And I was wondering, okay, being that um, okay, the Holy Ghost, whoever resided in him, must have been there all the time if they sent to you from the time of birth pertaining to the angel Gabriel who came to Mary. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, good. let now remember that Jesus had to be married after the order of Melchizedek. You understand that? Uh-huh. That's his next step higher than the angel Gabriel. Oh. Go ahead. I think I, I, think I see where you're trying to go. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay, I'll, so it said... Um, when a person is born, that the avatar incarnates into him as the person grows and matures. That's one way he becomes illimitized, there's different ways. Oh. He can become illimitized because the, the Spirit enters into the stocks, and right? I explained that a man before man in Jack has a stock, travels up a spinal cord, and they go to the brain and get the charge. Uh-huh. He, they can do it at that point. They can come into a person when they're dying. At the moment a person gets into a car accident, a car crash, they're about to die, another spirit can take that body and that person will survive and be a in different, many different ways that spirits get into the body. But it's how it's a certain resistance state that the human body has to be at to make themselves vulnerable to possession. And then when the spirit incarnates into that person, then that person becomes an avatar? It depends. So that avatar is a teacher, or so just an in-embodied spirit. If the spirit that comes into them is from a world where he's a teacher, then that person will go about teaching. If it's just an in-embodied spirit, anything could happen from possession to demonic possession to sicknesses, anything. The world we're talking about is much more sensitive than just the one thing that an avatar, or some angelic being, comes down and takes the body and boom, the person becomes a teacher. More to so than that. So then what do they mean by avatars come in succession? I mean nothing. <laughs> what does it mean when it's in this way. Because the word avatar is not as important as people like to make it. And the word avatar, or like I said, it, is no more than the awakening of a supreme being in an individual. He realizes that he is wrong with the creator at that time. You follow that? Mm-hmm. That's nowhere near as important as... Michael or Michael or Gabriel incarnating a conscious spirit who have been teaching for centuries as you know them okay. which is a much higher position. A person can be a man become an avatar develop into an angelic being by being steered or tutored by an angelic being. So if you have an avatar in him, if you have a spirit a divine spirit in him that is easier for him to be taught by angelic beings than he would if he didn't have it. He becomes a more susceptible human than if he's just a person who gets premonitions. Uh, it, Whereas Jesus was a person who didn't get premonitions, the spirit was in him, so when the same divine powers from the Father through him was quite simple. Whereas other people were get flashes of the the Mohamed's person would receive these spiritual impressions or emotions. You see? Oh, yeah. Um, I have a small question. Is it possible for more than one avatar to enter into the same being? Yes. When I speak to people over a period of years, as I know, different voices come from me. Sometimes different accents come from me. Because I am a being that has allowed myself to be utilized by being much older. I don't even want to say centuries, that's not enough. So that you can do answers or things that you've never had answered before. Okay? So I'm a being that allows myself to be utilized by other beings. I have the power to control wicked beings so they can't take my body. Other people who become mediums, who allow themselves to be a vessel from which spiritual beings from other realms speak sometimes make a mistake of opening up and getting possessed and make them kill themselves. Uh-huh. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, uh, I was reading the book of Job chapter 30, verse 32, and I just want to ask this question about the verse. This is where Elijah is asking Job. Canst thou bring forth Maserat in his season, or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? I'd like to know if it's possible who they are. Turn to the Book of Amos, 5-8. All right? Book of Amos, 5-8, and you have your answer. Shukran, it? I'd like to know also if it's possible if um, you can tell me who the ancient, ancient why is Melchizedek? I do or of days? course, you yeah, have neither beginning of days nor end of days. Sure, kind of As-salamu alaykum. What I don't understand is if God or Allah, when he created um, the world, if it was all good before Adam and Eve since, how did a bad angel come about? In the foundation of creation what we refer to as good and evil, came out of willpower, not out of the act of good and evil, but the right to make uh, decisions and self-determination. When the Almighty, Supreme, not Supreme Being, Supreme Being are peoples, Supreme, when the Supreme uh, created the universe, created a being and gave him willpower self-determination that he may be as the quran says Khalifa the, the successor in the earth man's self-determination great evil the right to say no the right to make our own decisions when in the quran when we're speaking about Malay, the angels of allah ta'ala we're speaking about being that say glory be to you we have no power of our own we, saw that. we have no knowledge except what you taught us Nothing they could do was of their own willpower. But this new being, this new model being man, was going to be endowed with self-determination, willpower, so that he can be a governor, like the scriptures say. Someone who would keep the garden, kill this, and do this, and do this, and do this. So he had to have self-determination. He had to be able to make decisions. And in making decisions, one of the decisions he made was to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it, why, in your Bible, uh, Allah Ta'ala had to come back and say, didn't I tell you not to do such and such? We have God-like qualities in us. We have the presence of the Almighty in us. A little different but from the same track of what the brother was saying when he says, Allah does not come down in a man. I don't think he means it to the fullest. Allah does come down in a man in so far as Allah is inside every man because instead he breathed his spirit into every being, and beings became living souls. So if the of Elijah Muhammad, per se, says that Allah came in the person of Master Prophet Muhammad, there's no argument <coughs> with Allah coming in the person of Master Prophet Muhammad, just like the Christians say that the Holy Ghost in the book of St. John lighted on Jesus, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and it abided with him. That's the same thing as law came into the personage of Jesus Christ. And, they, and they, when they say the Prophet Muhammad was in a cave and the angel to him in the form of light and embraced him. And then he the I nothing that, uh, uh, that his chest was expanded. And then it says we gave you light, we gave you this. Muhammad was filled with the Holy Ghost and so can you be filled with the Holy Ghost. But being filled with the Holy Ghost means to give yourself fully over to the command of the Almighty, which Jesus, therefore, interprets as people who believed on his name and became known as sons of God. Those are people who no longer live by the flesh, nor by blood, nor by the will of man, but by the will of the Father. Those become known as supreme beings on earth as opposed to mortal beings. So man's willpower is worth great evil. Man's desire to take the fire and not use it to warm himself or the light the candle to educate himself, but to burn something. That's our own decision. The fire is not evil. It's what we do with the fire that determines whether the fire becomes good or evil. We can cook food with it or we can burn our house down with it. it depends on the character. So it's man's mortal instinct and his self-preservation laws that has led to evil. And so amongst the angelic beings, when they say angelic beings, they're talking about intellect. Okay, so in all, you know, man is just fighting against himself. So, man know, is fighting his own. the man of the Trinity. Every man of the Trinity. And this Trinity is composed of three different beings. Can you tell me um, what you think? What are you speaking of? The Bible? I'm talking, Are you speaking in words of the Bible or are you speaking in words of the Quran? There's no difference in the Bible or the Quran. They're all coming from the same Creator whose, whose religion really is love. I understand okay, that, and I I agree with that. But I thought that um, in the Quran it teaches you to uh uh to discard the of uh, Christian beliefs of Trinity. There is no such thing as Christians, first of all. Let's establish that. There is no such thing as Christians. There are people who are calling themselves something that Jesus never even heard of. There is no such thing as Christians. Really, in the Holy Quran. Muslims have translated the Quran and they've added the word Christian and that's not even in the Quran. The word in the Quran is nothing. Which is the same word in the Bible for Nazarites. The people that Jesus was talking about in, in the book of St. John when he said, I came to my own, right? But my own receiveth me not. But as many as do receive me, I give them power to become the sons of God. He's not talking about the whole world. He's talking about the children of Judah who resided in the city of Nazareth, but that's where most of his followers came from. Most of his followers came out of Galilee, which is next to Nazareth. You follow that? And that word Nazareth in the Quran is nursery, meaning aided or helpless. But the point is, there is no such thing as Christian. Because you walk up to a Christian and ask a Christian, what is his religion? He can't tell you. If you walk up to a Jew and ask a Jew what is his religion, he can't tell you what his religion is. Christianity is not a name of religion. Christianity came from the word Logos, from the Greek word, where he got Christos, meaning spirit. And they took and said the spirit and put the, the spirit on it and became known as Christianity. If you turn Christianity backwards, with you here, you'll see the word is really Antichrist, Christianity. So this was something fabricated by people that opposed the teachings of Jesus, the Messiah, which they say in the Bible in 40, that Simon found Jesus, him and his brother found Jesus, who was identified as a Messiah, and called him the Messiah. You these are things that are taking place, where they started transforming, a teaching that Jesus had, which was the teaching of Israel, which is if you walk up to a Jew, and you ask them the same question, what is their religion? They can't tell you. What is the name? They say Judaism. Judaism is not a name of religion. What was their religion? Their religion was Islam. How do you know? For Jesus said, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for so they shall be called the children of God. That is the Bible, right? And also, he said, as many as believe on my name, they shall be called the children of God. Therefore, those people that believe on his name who are called the children of God are also called the peacemakers. If you say peace in Arabic, you get the word Islam. If you say peace in Hebrew, you get the word Shalom. Shalom and, and salam is the same word. So when Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers," they shall be called the children of God. Jesus was saying, in his language, "Blessed are the Muslims." The word Muslim from Islam means one is of salam. The state that every prophet came to teach people they should be in a state of peace and love and harmony. So Jesus was indeed a Muslim by religion. If As you ask a Christian, what is their religion? They say I religion is Jesus. Our religion is Christianity, Christism. Bless the Jew, what it is religious? Our religion is Judaism. After Muslim, what is religion? And he says Islam. And I acknowledge Jesus, Moses, Muhammad, and Abraham, the father of us
0: all. We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi D. York, the reformer for this day and time. Right after these messages on WGAG Radio. All eyes on Egypt present the Holy Tablet, backed by Popular demand. Written and transcribed by Dr. Malachi doctor L, the receiver. This is the scripture that is divinely inspired, that will bring about a long overdue change. Like the phoenix bird rising up out of its ashes. Up you mighty people, come forth like Lazarus from the tomb. This tablet is food to feed the hunger, and to nourish the soul, to give it strength. Rise up, stand up, be counted amongst the people of this world. Be the first to get your copy of the Holy Tablets while supplies last. At all eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia, 706-468-2319. Tune in to the L Holy Tablet Show every Friday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.
3: Look at the air. Look at that.
4: People always debate it. Who's the greatest player of all time? Some questions. It should be who's the greatest team of all time. WGAG Radio. Sorry, Showtime.
0: WGAG Radio.
4: Back to back. WGAG Radio. First three 3P
0: WGAG Radio.
4: Even with the flu. The WGAG Radio. No push-off. WGAG Radio. And my favorite. Tough to beat that.
3: What? You think there's someone else? Prove it. Look at the air.
0: Now welcome back to the man of the hour. Is it true that we are able to capture the devil if By acting righteously and being more positive, we would lure him into a trap?
2: Yes. That's the only way to defeat the devil is to trap him. You won't destroy him because he's an angel. You can trap him. And the bait is your righteousness, not your imitation of righteousness or betrayal of righteousness, but sincere righteousness. He is attracted to this city that we're trying to set up of peace. He has no need of, of the way to speak because he controls them. They don't realize it, whether they call themselves Muslims or not. They just don't know he controls them because they don't know who he is. They don't know his approach. Right? What well, he cannot, what he was never able to do, is in the time of the prophet Nabi Musa, alayhi salam, Moses had set up an ark of the tabernacle. And that's the thing the devil wanted to get. And that's why they had cherubim, two cherubim with folded wings on the ark of the tabernacle. Because the cherubim who after the fall became aiding aiders of the Seraphim became protectors against their own host, the flaming sword as they call it, which are using the medical symbol.
4: Alright? So
2: yes, the only way is to capture him and bind him. But he's attracted to righteousness. He knows that he has the world. He has everybody that you basically see on a day to day basis under his control who have their own opinions without any points. They just own their own philosophy, what they think the truth is, without any real knowledge. I've come to find out, especially uh, Americans, Caribbeans, people like that, when you talk to them, they got all this philosophy until you ask them, In which language do you get this meaning? The devil's language, English. They interpret from the translation of the Yusuf Ali Quran or the King James Bible and they're coming and quote to you as if they found some philosophical truth or sort of. some English translation of the Kabbalah or the Kabbalah and there's something, some devil wrote. and here they got this new divine interpretation flowing to them and they justify by saying it's not what language, it's what's in your heart, etc, etc. The devil loves all that. He, lo- he loves all those philosophers and those teachers and those scholars who have no real knowledge because they didn't take the time to toil into learning the languages of the scriptures so they can see what it was said in Hebrew and in Aramaic and in Arabic. They come up in English and a sprinkle of Pakistanian and bingo here scholars now and they're this and Hajji and Maulana this and Hafiz this, etc. And the devil loves all these Imams. He loves these people because these people are just what he wants. This is why we've made over the years many predictions that came to pass, many of them, I mean unbelievable predictions, from a day to day, week to week, month to month, and sometimes year to year basis it came to pass. And the devil has never made a public spectacle. They're not going to let Imam Esau get in the limelight, because they know that if I sat on the podium, they couldn't bring nobody, be he Jew, Christian, atheist, against me to stand against the truth, because they've read the books. And by reading the pamphlets the same way you do, they're saying this man here has dangerous Or to, to attack them verbally and make him have to go before a council and defend himself, he'll make us look stupid. They know I can get up and make them look stupid, so they can't have that. You follow? So he's the devil is deeply attracted by our community. The people inside, not the people outside who tell people they're with us but they're not with us. They're not inside the gates of the tabernacle, and they're not with us. I don't care how much they say they're unfoddy. They don't have the blessings of the sins of the, of the Prophet or the Mahdi, because they have not picked up the cross and suffered with us. It's like people say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but they're saying they're of Jesus from another city. I follow Jesus, but they won't travel to the city and sit down and suffer with him and break bread, because they can't get along with each other. I don't like this brother. I don't like this person. I don't like this. I can't live like this. I can't eat this. And all of these same people say in the back of their mind, if I could only get to the mystical schools and study in the pyramids and learn the esoteric knowledge, and then they're worried about how much butter they have on their bread. Same person in the same breath who's professing to be so mystically inclined and so interested in the esoteric knowledge of Islam can't even suffer living amongst a bunch of brothers and sisters of his own. So it's a bunch of hypocrisy. So the devil's greatest strength and asset is A, that people don't know who he is and he doesn't have to make an attempt to get black people because they go right to him and give their souls to him by imitating him and emulating him and dressing like him and working for him and living in his way of life. So the devil don't need to tempt you people. You're just giving your souls right to him. Only time you're going to defeat the devil is when you defeat everything he stands for. Turn against everything he's about. And then, like Job, if you read it, he'll turn his attention to you. Because then the Lord can say, like in Job, yeah. The devil said, "I'm walking to and fro in the earth." In Job one, and what does the Lord say? Have you considered my servant Job? He does everything right. Well, if you're sitting there saying, "There's more I can improve on," I still got a smoking habit I have to get over. I don't dress like an Ansar yet. I don't do. I'm then you're not a Job. The devil is not concerned with you because he already has you until you become Job. And the Almighty from heaven can say, according to the laws of the scriptures, that man is a righteous man. He or that woman is a righteous woman. She's living according to my scriptures, Satan. What about that person? Try to judge me by a woman who don't see her physical beauty over her spiritual beauty, and she covers her body and her face and wants to raise their children in truth and, and outright Try to judge me by the man who wants to wear the white gelabia and the tarea every day and prostrate and doesn't want to work for the devil. Check that person out. Check out Job. Forget all about Nicodemus, which is the person who came to Jesus and said, I would follow you, but I have a good job. <laughs> I'm not ready to follow you because I have a good job yet. And Paul who said, who persecuted Jesus, and persecuted Jesus, and persecuted Jesus, and then once Jesus was gone, then went and wrote his own books and took Jesus' teachings and turned it into what he calls Christianity. This is what you look at when you look out into a newcomer's class there. You see brothers and sisters there who want to be partially righteous. But the Almighty said, because of your partial righteousness, only part of you can do in paradise, you'd be a very unhappy spirit. You want to be partially righteous, but you want to get a hundred percent of you in paradise. It doesn't work that way. Either you are all right, or you are not right at all. All right, or you are not right at all. You must dress right, walk right, talk right, pray right, eat right. The devil can't tempt you. Any people who wear flickering clothes can walk from a mosque into a church, into a bar, and nobody can question. If a woman tried to walk into a bar with a veil on, that's where everybody in the bar would be intimidated by her presence. Etc. So the answer to your question is, yes, you can trap the devil, but he's attracted to righteousness, not evil. He doesn't need to go to clubs and discotheques and stuff. He's attracted to righteousness. He wants the people that have made the transition. And this is why a lot of you brothers and sisters in there, the moment you start to make your intentions to become an Ansari, doors start opening up for you in a world that never opened before, jobs that you were trying to get. People you haven't heard before start calling you. Things that you want to do seem to come. Money starts coming. Everything starts to happen. The devil sees you going towards the subhanahu the ta'ala. what's available. Then he says, I want that soul. And he sets out to get you. In most cases, he makes offers. He gives you a raise in your job or a better position, more money. Family starts contacting you. A friend comes from out of town. You meet a new girl. A bunch of new things start happening. And the devil usually gets. He wins out. But he never beat Job he beat Job's wife and his friends, but he never be Job. And everybody in there got to look at themselves as, as the Job, not as his friends. Don't do what your friends do. Don't let your friends prolong you from coming in, because your friend is telling you he's going, because the Qur'an teaches you that everyone is going to be judged as individuals. Don't let your husband keep you from coming in, don't let your wife keep you from coming in. If she doesn't want to come in, you do the same thing Job did. You leave her and Allah will provide you with a fresh family. It may be painful, but it couldn't be any more painful than Abraham waiting 90 years to get his first son, and then the Almighty asked Abraham to sacrifice that son after 90 years of waiting. Now that's taxing on the soul. Or Lot, who went through all this with his wife, and then when they got ready to leave the wicked city of Sodom, and he said, don't turn back to it, don't go back, don't call your mother in the streets, don't stay in contact with people still in Sodom. All of these stories are what we live today again. These are stories of symbols of us. Don't let people harden your heart. You make the move because you will be judged as an individual before the Almighty because you did not come into the world with the person that you're married to or socialized with. And when you leave, you'll go out. Unless you all get smashed in a car together, you're going to go out the world at different times. And even if you get smashed in a car together because of vibrating at different rates, you're still going to end up at the same place at the same time. All right? Yes, I have
0: one more part to that question. And that is, if we are able to capture the devil by being more righteous and trying to practice being more positive, then is it going to prolong the time that we have to try to get the mission that we
2: have to do here together? The moment the devil is captured, don't you realize that the souls and the minds of everybody in the world will change? Because what the devil has going for him is that he's into the souls and the minds of everybody in the world, coercing them into his way. The moment the devil is trapped like when Solomon trapped the devil, his kingdom flourished. The moment the devil got loose, Solomon's temple was destroyed. You understand? The moment the devil is captured, there is no more mission. That is the ultimate mission. Okay. The one thing that I never understood was in terms of the Garden of Enid, Eden, Eden, in Eden, in Garden, in Eden. That's the trick okay. they use in the Bible. Okay. Christians don't think it's the Garden of Eden when they should be saying the Garden in Eden. 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 And that's I'm going to tell you I'm gonna, I'm going to hold you back too long, but I'm going to tell you why. Because it says we created the man Adam and placed him in a garden eastward in Eden. And then they show you in the Bible that he was created near the Pison and, and the Dyson River, which is in Sudan coming down into Ethiopia. And to go eastward to, from that would be in a Mecca, Saudi Arabia. So they have to admit that Adam was... Created in Africa and put in Arabia, <laughs> and they're not going to do that. So they got to put him up in a rock somewhere, and say so he was created. The God of Eden was up in a rock where the Turkish are. Go fled.
0: Okay, because then that would probably explain. I never understood why when Canaan left, he went to the land of Nod, and I always wondered who were the people
3: of Nod and where they come from. That's a very good question, right? The word Nod from Hebrew Nesh means to be bewildered or wilderness.
2: Now what's missing is if you go to this point. In Revelation, the 12th chapter, 7, 6, and 8 verse, Uh we're going to come up with an angel called Michael. Uh And this angel, Michael, had a host of angels under him. And they fought against a symbol called the dragon, who had a host of angels under him. You follow? Uh And And the host, one to eight, Michael prevailed, so the righteous angel Michael prevailed over the wicked angels, okay? Now, who was this dragon, said the great dragon was cast out, who was that old serpent? Now, that means there's a new one, okay? okay? That old serpent called past him, he called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Now, what was he done? What they say? He deceived the whole world. And then what? And was cast and out into, into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. That's who the people of God were. And I'm going to prove it to you. Because if we follow the Bible line, we come to Cain and Abel. Right? right. And Cain slew Abel. So there was nobody else but Adam, Eve, right. Cain, and Abel. Right. And now Cain slew Abel. Abel's God. And there was nobody else on the earth then. And then Cain went over to the land of Nod and found beings there, people right. there. Right,
0: right. Now, where do
2: these people come from? That's well, it's my question. That's, your question is simply answered in, in that. Genesis. I'm going to show you how it happens in Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, right, mm-hmm. that the sons of God, Saw the daughters of man that they were fair. There is not a light skin. In this case, fear is the Hebrew word jalat or the Arabic word jameel, beautiful. And took them for wives all that they chose. Then he said, concerning the ages of these spirits, headed by one, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man or be with man, for he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty. Then it goes on to say, and there were giants in the earth in those days. Now we've established several things. One is that there was only Cain, Abel, and Seth. And now some other people. We also established that God, as he's called here, sent his son down to earth to marry into the family of Cain, right? And there were giants in the earth in those days. The word giants is Jephah or Nephilim, Big creatures, not the size now. We're We're talking about the giants. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, after the giants were here, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of man, they brought children. So they separated these giants from the sons of God. These giants in the earth... Are your two hundred fallen angels who fell from grace with Lucifer, and they inhabited the land of Nod, where Cain eventually went and died. And Seth, who married, because remember a woman has two mammary glands for a reason. Meaning, but the breastfeeding every other mammal has the amount of mammary glands necessary for the, the amount of sprouts they give. They have six, they give off six litter. Mm. Women as two, she was supposed to give off male and female children, because it said, reduce after your kind. He wasn't talking to Adam, he was talking to Adam and Eve. So a woman was supposed to give birth to twins. But now, of course, our genes are messed up, the ears messed up, the food is messed up, and we don't. We're weaker. We also lived to be hundreds of years then, which we don't no longer. So the people of Nod were the fallen angels who came down into earth and married with the daughters of Cain. And then the sons of God, the twenty and four elders who sat around the throne mentioned in Ezekiel as well as in Revelation, they were the ones who came down with Michael, who was the Ancient of Days standing in the center of them from which Jesus went and got the scroll. Now why they say that that's Michael, who Jesus got the scroll but was Michael in Hebrew, is the same as Sadek, which is a translation from Melchizedek or Melchizedek. with them all. Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the tribes the families, Sodom, Gomorrah, God, may God, Lot, those, it covers all those people in the Bible. It's just a continuation of what was in the previous scriptures. And it says that it's the last one. Okay, at the end, I believe, of
3: the Bible, yes. um, it states in Revelation, like the last page. Yeah, it's it's the last, very last page, the it's Revelation 22. Yes, it states that nothing should be added or taken away.
2: From this, it says in 19, if any man shall take away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the Holy City, and from those things which are written in this book. Right? Now, what they're saying is when this revelation of Jesus was finished, then nobody should have added or taken away from it. you understand? The Holy Quran says the same thing. And the first, the difference is that's the last chapter here. And in the open Holy the Quran, it says, In this scripture, there is no doubt it is a guidance for those who have feared their money. you see that? So this is not talking about no books would come after it. It's saying, don't distort this book. And that's exactly what Paul did. Remember, all those books that Paul wrote, and Paul wrote 90% of the books in the New Testament, came after this book. He added another book. And all that is the Galatians, the Hebrews, the Thessalonians, all books he wrote after this book was complete. And that's the doctrine that the Christians are living out of, the doctrine of Paul. But why is the Holy and
0: the Holy God. why are they two separate
2: books? Why is the Old Testament and New Testament two separate books? I'll tell you why. Because the Old Testament, which is the five books of Moses only, came to Moses. And then after Moses, you get a bunch of other prophets, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, who received other books, you follow? And then you got the book of Revelation when Jesus came. And then you got the Quran. But they collected the books after Jesus and put them, the two books together. The o, that's why you call it the Old and New Testament. And they made them one book. And they did not want to put the Quran in there. Because the Quran reveals too many truths about things that does not include them. The It clears up all these misconceptions that they make about this Bible. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They're all the same scripture. Don't let them fool you. They're all, you have to read the Quran to know that. You read it, you see it, it's so all the same text. If a person were to become a Muslim, would they have to um, stop going to church and stop attending the services and things like that? Well, so if a person becomes a Muslim, then they have, a, they have to start practicing according to the religion of Islam, which is the religion of Jesus. Christians do not, inter- they're creating, again, they've created their own religion and their services are, here's a perfect example, Show me somewhere in the New Testament, where Jesus said to hold a mass or Jesus said to gather on Sunday and listen to any pastor and the format that they use for Sunday school or meet at Sunday church at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock until 12 show me, it's not in there these are things they made up they do not exist. But the Lord that Jesus lived with was according to the Bible, he gathered with his disciples in a synagogue on Saturday and that's right in the Bible. And he read from the Torah. These people, if they call called Christians, are Paulites. They worship and follow Paul, and they use Jesus' name. Because all the books, they quote are Paul's books. You follow? So the version this Islam, you know what they've done? They completed a statement that Jesus himself made when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And if Jesus was talking in the midst of his disciples, why was he talking in the future tense? Why did he say, bless are you peacemakers, you are the children of God. He didn't say that in the two. He said, bless are the peacemakers, and the word must for me peacemaker. For they shall, shall the future tense, be called the children of God. And in charge, he said, as many of them as believe on me, to them I give power to become the sons of God. So he was casting in a future tense because the disciples all saw him. So he was not even declaring them his followers, because he said that they had little faith. Oh ye of little faith. You, you doubt, you question, you scorn me, he says. You know, Jesus himself was a Muslim. Let's see what the Bible says. Revelation says Jesus' disciples dressed in long white robes. And that, of course, is the same picture the Christians put on their mother's wall. They so got a picture of this man in his white robes. In the garden, Jesus fell on his face and he prayed. He didn't stand up or kneel down like they do in a Christian church. He fell on his face and he prayed. Correct? Jesus being of the house of David, followed the words of Moses, therefore so in the book of Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 7, where it says, you not eat pork. That means Jesus did not eat pork. Whenever so you ask a person to quote Jesus, they pull out one marking that Paul said Jesus said. It's very easy for me to take a book and write it and then put things in it and make these sayings read and say these are what Jesus said after he's gone. Why is it that the book of Revelation does not read like any of the other books said? It reads totally different. Information in the Revelation of the birth of Jesus doesn't match the book of Matthew. Because it speaks of them, a woman being in the wilderness, traveling to give birth and the dragon of the beast is out to get her. That's what Revelation says about the birth of Jesus according to the Christians, right? But on the Christian, Matthew's Christmas story, they say it was in a manger and wise men came. Two totally different stories about the birth, right in the New Testament. The book of Revelation has a different whole story about the birth of Christ. Let's try to look it up, okay? Revelation chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head was crowns of twelve stars. And she being with child, travailing to birth, paying to be delivered. And there was another wonder in the heavens, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head, and his tail threw a very part of the stars of the heavens, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to give birth, which was ready to deliver, for it to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man's child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a great seen his star in the east and I've come to worship him. Now that story is going to be totally different, right? That story is one story. Now let's go back to Revelation. Because in the beginning of John, we know that that's by. Now let's do Revelation says in the beginning. Revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John. You see the difference? One they claim is Jesus Christ's Revelation. The other they claim is a Gospel according to Matthew. Now, how do we confirm that? Revelation 1 now reads, The revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. So now, which book should we believe? The one that's according to Matthew or the one that's according to Jesus? According to Jesus, of course, right? So the whole Christian concept of how Jesus was born and Christmas and Easter We do working in the stock market, but then profess to be working for a lot. And we say that that's wrong. Drop your nets and become fishes of men. They so your life in the way of the most trying to bring people home to the faith. And they call us wrong. And they say we were crazy. And we'll never survive. Et etc., et cetera. And that we have blood sacrifices. And that the Imam has a 100 wives and 50,000 kids. What? They got all kind of stories that they make up just to make people not come here. The truth is what brings y'all here. Because while they're talking, you come across one of the tablets, and you start reading, and you say, I, gotta, I have to go ask myself. And that's a gift that people have from the Almighty called will, that makes you make the decision to come here and ask. Ask the brother, for the time you spend talking about the answer Allah, you could be studying the Qur'an. Do you read out of it Literally, No, and the time you're talking about that, you could be somewhere studying trying to get your soul together set of all You know what Jesus said about that? Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. You know there'll be no doubt stone if I said that. I said to everybody in there, let let somebody in there who's never ever sinned and still not sinned, you get up and and testify against people. Nobody in there could do it if they're honest. And if they get up, they'll be stopped. That'll be the first sin. When they get up and try to pretend they're so righteous, they'll never sin.
3: Thank you.
4: As-salamu alaykum. Um, Imam, I have a very uh, difficult question to put to you. <laughs> Who's it difficult for? The question or the questionnaire? Uh, it's supposed to be for the questionnaire, I guess. You think it's difficult for me? Uh-huh. You're insulting me. Uh, no, I'm not going to try, Imam. Well, let me hear it. This is the fun. question. Are the children of Israel no more? Wow, that was difficult. <laughs> I'm only having fun. Are the
2: children of Israel no more? Yes, Imam. Yes, the children of Israel are no more in the sense that everybody saved the lost sheep of the house of Israel, meaning Judah remained, but Judah refused to allow themselves to be referred to as Israel. They took the tribe of Dan, and Dan moved in with them when they migrated south and went into Ethiopia, and the Danite tribe stayed in Sheba. Where, which was uh, down in Idlib, point of Saudi Arabia. Then later migrated into Egypt and became known as the Danakul tribe. The Danakul tribe is the one that Bilal comes out of. So there was, when Jesus came, he didn't say he was looking for Israel. He said he was looking for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which is the tribe of Judah. All the other tribes had perished. Okay? And in okay. Revelations, when they describe them, they only use certain names, and certain names are left out because it's a character type in the book of Revelation when they give the 12 tribes of Israel, who will be a part of one hundred forty-four 000. that is a character type because Dan is not there, they have Neftali in there, and they have Manasseh in there. Okay,
4: go ahead. Uh, okay, Mom, this is what the verses. This is what the scripture says in, um, this is uh, Jeremiah 33, and it reads in the 24th verse, It says, Consider thou not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord has chosen, he has even cast them off. Thus have they despised my people, that they should be no more a nation before them. Now it continues on, and it says in the 25th, Thus saith the Lord, If my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of the heaven and the earth, Then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will cause the iniquity to return and have mercy on them. How is this explained? Quite simply, the book of Jeremiah, which is called the number 24, written by
2: Jeremiah, received in Jerusalem as well as in Egypt. It was completed in the year 580 BCE, and the time period that it covered, you should be writing this down, is from 647 BCE to 580 BCE. Now why am I telling you all this about the book of Jeremiah? Because all of these things that they're speaking about in Jeremiah took place before the rebuilding of Solomon's temple, under Cyrus and Darius, which was in 526. So the prophecies of Israel falling away and disappearing took place after this, you see. So when you read the book of Israel, you'll find that the dates of Israel, when you speak about the rebuilding of the Temple of Solomon, was after Jeremiah wrote his book. So the children of Israel had went and started worshipping the God Baal, mentioned in the Quran also, after this, and have blew the covenant and fell into damnation. And the only way the seed of Israel would come up again is through the seed of Jesse to David, which was Jesus, who tried to reclaim them and give them a new covenant, which they didn't accept. Thus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a comforter, who was also of Judah, in an indirect way, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right, who came as company, the company, Mu'azi, to gain all the children of Israel, which was is to the tribe of Judah, to Bilal, who was a Judah from Ethiopia, this is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the first place he sent his missionaries. In the story of Islam, where the first place that Muhammad sent his people? To Ethiopia. He told him to go to Ethiopia first, that was the first migration, because he had to go back there and get the staff that was in that possession of the tribe of Judah when Jacob made the covenant that the staff would not pass until Shiloh comes. Shiloh from Shahlim, in Hebrew Shalom means peace. And Muhammad was this being that Jacob spoke about, and the Quran teaches us throughout. our Matthew 2.136, that Muhammad and Jacob and all of them are the same family as Abraham. And in Holy Quran chapter 2, 130, which you should be writing down in your notes. he he says that anybody who denies Mila Ibrahim is a fool of himself. So the covenant was made with Abraham. You see that, and Israel and Jacob and them came out of that seed, and then out of the ten sons fell away, fell out of grace, and two, Judah and Dan, were spared to carry the staff on down from Egypt down to Ethiopia. And then Muhammad sent his delegation there to let them know that the promised Shiloh or the promised Comforter was there in Arabia. And then the Ethiopian or Abassinians or Abyssinians started migrating to Saudi Arabia under Rasulullah Muhammad. And the covenant was complete. So they said, La'ilaha <laughs> illallah Muhammad al-Rasulullah. And then the line was sung by Israel, right, through Judah. And that's why Bilal was chosen to be the one who would be called the Moazim, because he was of the tribe of Gernacle of Ethiopia, which is a combination of the tribe of Dan and Judah, where the lion would raise again. So Israel came back to glory in the Quran, because the Quran is a continuation of the Torah and the application of Moses' law. And then out of Muhammad, he said, would come the Mahdi. And the word Mahdi comes from the word, the Arabic word, Mahada. Take the mean off, like you do when you say Muslim, you take the M off and you get the word peace, salam. Take the M off of Mahdi and you get Huda. You follow that? Then put a "yah" on it and you get Yahuda, Judah. So the Mahdi... Why he wore a shawl around his neck that had three little lines, blue lines on it, was like the tenth of Israel. But why he wore a target that came up to a point as opposed to a flat-tie gear, because it was like the kufa, or the yarmulke, as the old Jews, the, the new word, yarmulke is Jewish, and the kufa is a modern Hebrew, and the kufa, or kufi, was the ancient. Why he wore emmer wrapped a certain way with an ozaba coming down, which you find mentioned in Solomon, Songs of Solomon, because the must brought back in the dress code of the ancient tribe of Judah, showing that the covenant was completed. That the last day is at hand. Okay? Not really a difficult question. What most people missed on, my son, is the times of the scriptures. You see, it's very important that they know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent certain revelations. They don't know, because they just run out, know, they be reading it, and they don't know when that book came who it came to, and where was he when it came, and what was the condition that he was living in that would affect why he wrote a certain kind of way. Because each one of the books and the scriptures is written out there in a certain kind of mystical, prophetical, poetical, medical, war, and and what was being written and how it was being written was being influenced, you see, by the environment. So when you talk to a lot of people who who are doing their best, their hearts are beautiful, and the truth for their people, they don't know for sure, so they just say, well, in the book of Exodus, and I have to say, who wrote Exodus, where was it received, who received it, when, what period of time, how long was he living, where was he at, who was bothering him, what made him write it, what did the Israelites do, They God Allah giving Moses this message at this moment, at this time? When you do that, then you're dealing with supreme mathematics. You're not just dealing with modern mathematics, you see? And that's the difference. I try to deal with the supreme mathematics in accordance to the way of law, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants things, not the way I want them. And that's why a lot of Sunnis can't deal with me. Because I try to say it the way Allah says it, not the way Muhammad, or Bukhari, or Shafi, or Humbly, or Maliki, or any other scholars, or a Talmud. I say the Qur'an says, we follow Milla Ibrahim. Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, we follow Milla Ibrahim. So this is what I do, until so you can show me the Qur'an where it says, I'm staying on the Surah Al-Mustaqeem. When it says in Surah Al-Fatiha, Tahdina سراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ومن أهدنا أهدنا, أهدنا سراط المستقيم جاعتنا أصد إلى سراط المستقيم سراط الذين أنعمت عليهم سراط الذين أنعمت هذه النعمة عليهم and this is Muhammad talking, Muhammad receiving this Surah Al-Fatiha or Surah Al-Hamd at the fifth point in his life, this is the fifth revelation coming to him, and he's receiving this and it starts the first Surah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheed, Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen, where he's receiving this, why and who is it talking to? If he is that Prophet coming, what does he mean by erdin Because he included himself in it. Guide us. Erdinas, surat al-mustaqim. So the surat of those who are taqwa. Who was he talking about? Who was Muhammad referring to? If he was there, it could have been one of those Arabs he was coming to. Who was he saying? Erdin us. Surat al-mustaqim. al Ladina and amta alayhim. Guide me to the surat of those who are there, Those who have the grace on them. Who were they? they? were the prophets before. He was talking about the prophets before. He wasn't talking about any school of thought that we know Bukhari, Shafi, Hamli Maliki, Sunni, Ahmadi, Wahhabi, or Ansari. <laughs> he was talking about the fathers. I- Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Yaqub, Ahitsa, as you know, David, Davad, as you know, Musa, Moshe, as you know, Isa Ipsa, as you know. Isa, Yeshua, as you know, <laughs> he's talking about those great beings called the prophets, in the end, that came Qablaho, before him. You see? It's beautiful when you know it. It makes it easy to follow when you know it. When you follow that Quran, it's easy. When you get caught up in all those different schools of thoughts, that's when it starts wars and separation and divisions and opinions and ideologies and his ijmah and your ijmah and his, fa- his fahwa and his fahwa and his, and his taqwa and his, ta- his, his ibadah and his this and his talmud and his thing. And that's what gets Muslims at war. They just stay on the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, follow the Quran and the Kareem. It tells you everything you have to do from moment to moment to make it back to gender. Question was, um, what do the elders think about us in terms of um, right now and us making it an amazing 144000 There's difference of opinions. When the council meets, as you know, it met, met I think, last month on the 12th. Uh, There's difference of opinion. Some elders say that they should let the four winds fold, while other elders say, give them a little more time. Uh, I personally am in agreement, I am in agreement with those that say, let it fold, because after being down here
4: and coming back and forth for long periods of time, my last incarnation, being in, after you tried to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945, and making contact with other brothers that come in in 1970, and from that period to
2: now, I see physical actions where people will put on veils and men will put on Jalabia and they will go and make the, the intentions of what they call salah and different things that they'll look like they're doing, but down inside the Afidah, not the Qablahom, but the home, the inner heart, is still lurking
4: the serpent people. the The ways of shaitan is still there, as you have it. And it frightens me that it's a waste of time. I see how they poison. I see how you people poison the children with your ways. And women mislead their husbands, and husbands mislead their wives. And to me, it seems. To me, with all of the the knowledge that has come from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala down to this planet, by now you people would have enough iman faith to be able to move
2: forward. But it doesn't seem like it goes that way here. It seems that these people here on
4: Earth have just are just succumbed or overwhelmed by the presence. Of the serpent people and they worship and believe in that, and that's to me discouraging so at this point the council is quite discouraged about uh, the earth and
2: the earth people and not just you as a little group of people who were supposed to your job was to prepare the 144,000 who would be taken up and taken to the Crystal City for that thousand year period while the serpent man or Iblis or al or Tanush, will be taken down into al and held in the temple of Wahala, and kept
4: there for a period of time, which you refer to as being taken down into the pit. And it doesn't seem like we can bait him or trap him, because he's got such a great control on earth, that many of the elders, including myself, are quite discouraged with the people of this earth plane, um, Arta. And it's depressing, so there's, there's controversy, there's discussions that take place in the, in the Galactical meetings, the Brotherhood meetings, that some say give them a chance and others say let the four, when they say the four winds, by the way, that at the four corners of the Earth that was supposed to fold it in 1970, that is four ships that have the power to sweep, have magnetic sweeping power, they're holding this planet together with magnetism because the planet is at the point where it wants to explode anyway. This is why you have so many volcano eruptions and tornadoes and falls. The planet is trying to explode because too many of the serpent people have tested toy nuclear weapons and have thrown out the atmosphere and got the access to the planet off and the magnetic belt is all fluctuating so your weather and climate is messed. The planet is trying to explode, but there's four ships at the four corners, north, south, east, and west of it, keeping it from exploding. And others say at the meeting, withdraw the ships and let it fold. While others say, hold the ships longer because those who are the seal of the Father are trying to come out. And they ask the elders at the the council because
2: new entities from other galaxies are joining in constantly into the Federation. And they ask, who were you people? They want to know, who were these people down here who have one of the white? Why are we holding up the whole world and not letting it fold? because of this group of
4: people and they answer to them. These are the ones that are supposed to be making themselves pure in the blood of the land. What? Or purifying themselves. And that's the whole thing. So the answer to your question is that most of the elders are quite vexed and quite fed up with earth people.
2: Most of them are. But few that are very powerful from certain galaxies that have a little faith in in the earth people. Okay? okay. Yeah. Um, I have two more questions. May I ask them? That's what the forum is for. Oh, okay, and I just...
1: universe for gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the generous eternal friend and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles and on the Messiah the anointed one and on the Mahdi the guide and on the Mujaddid, the reformer which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe all oh. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh
0: The Man of the Hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.